Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm Mike Luke, joined by Brian Etheridge, co-owner of Sikkim365.com. Brian, how you doing, my guy? Doing great. Just a little hot here in Texas right now. So I was going to say, well, you know what? In Tucson, we can certainly identify with you right now. How <laughs> hot is it in Texas right now? I think we're around 103 right now, so it's a heat index in the 110 range. So it's, all right, uh, you know, so we're. Yeah, I was going to say we're already conference mates because we understand each other's pain right there. So exactly. Um, we had rain. What? We had rain last night though, so I don't know how that happened, but it did somehow. I was going to say we've had a lot of monsoons here as well. So all right, wanted to have you on. Um, obviously, going to be a Big 12 uh, conference mates, uh, Baylor is um, about Baylor's been one of the top five programs in the country when you can combine basketball and football over the past 10 years. And I don't think there's really any question about that. So I wanted to get your take on that. Um, talk a little bit about how we got here. But first, um, what was your take on uh, just kind of how the Pac-12 basically imploded some of the reporting and how we are to this point at this point, Brian? It was really interesting. I mean, I haven't talked to you yet. Right. right. This is our first conversation. We've heard, you know, we talked and met right. and we, you know, we chat a little, you know, through DM, but, you know, I talked to Jason, I've talked mm-hmm. to other people behind the scenes and it was really interesting about a year ago, uh, Jason and I actually crossed paths on a source mm-hmm. and I didn't know Jason existed at the time. He didn't know I existed. So I just right. reached out to him and I said, Hey, you know, what's, you know, is this the same person? Right. And, and he said, yeah. And I said, okay. So I said, I'm going to back off that person because I'm not going to bug them at that point, you know, but I knew that person that had a long relationship with them. And, you know, we have a long relationship with people inside the big 12 and uh, I had other people out in the pac 12 as well that I knew. So we were able to use those sources and also in the media industry. Um, and it was really an interesting time for, you know, we covered that for a year and right. people I mean, I don't know how many times I was told I was crazy. I know Jason had it. I know you had it. I, we saw that. How many times he got refuted by people in the pack in the Pac-12 area, like the Bay Area, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, specifically one person. And then also, then we started getting personally attacked from right. certain people out there on the on Twitter, you know, saying you're you know you're full of it. You you know, uh, the twelve you know, anon crowd. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. come on, this is not political but somebody tried to make it political and this is not a political thing. This is a survival and the big right. 12 have been through it so many years that we sort of had done this. So I mean, back to 2010, 2011, you know, we covered it back then with, you know, A&M in Missouri and then the Clemson, Florida state flirtation with the big 12 that never happened. And, uh, and then as Colorado left in 12 and then Utah right. joined back then as well. So we, you know, kept those same people and, you know, same resources um, and just stayed in touch with them. And as it broke down, we just saw it more and more. And then uh, people in the media, you know, like a Fox, ESPN, NBC, CBS, those, the people that we know in that industry were just dumbfounded on who it would be that would partner up with the PAC 12. Right. And in the end, we knew that wasn't going to happen. And then, I had a guy reach out to me who is a very trusted source uh, on the Tuesday before Colorado broke and said, it's done. And right. then he wrote, he wrote me on Monday after that. And he goes, Arizona's next. And right. I said, okay. And so we reported on it Tuesday, did a little more digging, more sourcing and put that out on our board. We didn't put that out wide for the world. That was not, you know, something that, you know, we didn't want to come out there. Jason, that's Jason's story. And we let Jason run with it. And, you know, I talked to him and a little bit about it behind the scenes and a couple other guys that cover, you know, the whole 
landscape of uh, expansion. And it's really interesting to watch, you know, behind the scenes and be able to feed that to our group. And we had a lot of people from Iowa state and, and, you know, Arizona and come to our message board, you know, take the trial and, and read it. And um, I was, it's interesting how these things play out because I was told a little over a year ago um, by somebody here that would definitely know who said, listen, at the end of the day, and I told Sheer this from day one, um, and he told me, he said, listen, no matter what's reported, the money isn't going to be there and the visibility is not going to be there. Those are the two things that matter here, money and visibility. And this this person never wavered. Um, and so, like, when you start hearing these nonsense reports about how everybody's united, unity statements, all of this, and I would get a text from him about once a week, and he would say, it's all nonsense. It's all coming from two to so, two to three sources that want everything, Oregon State, Washington State, to stay together because, obviously, they don't have any other options. And lo and behold, when we get here, the deal wasn't good enough. I mean, you got a $23 million deal that is 100% streaming with no linear option whatsoever and it just goes to show you too that sometimes if you just cut through all the nonsense some things make sense some things don't make sense this pac-12 deal never made any sense if you cared to look just past just kind of the surface level reporting there it, it was interesting to watch the um i guess the, the rebuttals of that right. and I, sam bradshaw who's one of our uh, one of our contributors on our website, he and I sat down. We did two, I mean, 30-minute videos explaining the windows. I mean, right. it was we went we went diving deep into that and showing how the windows just were not there to be paid after you brought BYU in and after um, after UCLA and USC left, the windows just shrunk and and it was just a geographic issue for the Pac-12 at that point. And right. now with the four corner schools and as we're calling the four corner schools, cause New Mexico's not in there. So it's right. But you know, you, you know, get the, all gist, been to the four corners. Yeah. yeah. And, but it got nicknamed that and it stuck and watching those windows then open up if the big 12 got them and what ESPN and Fox will pay for. And I think that at the very end with Oregon and Washington taking the bullet for Right. Killing the Pac-12. Killing the conference. It made things easier for the Arizona schools, for sure. Yeah. And so that was something. But we knew that Arizona had been admitted Thursday. I mean, that's, and see, that's the thing, too, that I think people keep forgetting about all of this is that. And again, I totally understand what President Robbins has to do. you yes. got to play the game. You don't want to burn those bridges. But Arizona applied and was admitted Thursday night. So that is something that. That that happened. There's, you know, yes. that's irrefutable right there. And um, you know, you can say what you want, but at the end of the day, I think Arizona always knew that they were going to end up in the Big Twelve, and they did. Um, yes. Now, wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about because Baylor has um, again. I was looking at the top five programs uh, in the nation for football and basketball the last ten years or so, and Baylor. I don't care where you rank them; they're clearly in the top five somewhere I- in there. I, I mean, I'm gonna be. I mean, I'm, I think top ten is 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 easily said during that time. I mean, top five, you're getting. I mean, that's some high. That's some high cotton right there. I mean, to go into that. I mean, so uh, for a Bader fan, Bader person to hear that, or Bader people that are listening to that, I mean, well, that's a huge praise. 
But I'll give you this. So you won a national championship. You've had multiple number one seeds. By the way, next time you talk with Shear, uh, give him grief about Scott Drew because he did not believe Scott Drew was a good coach until he won a national title. So, again, Shear was wrong on that one right there, in which I give him a lot Scott of – Scott Drew can't coach crowd. We yes, got it. Yes, um, <laughs> But you look at it, though. What impresses me about Baylor, though, is that this is a three-coach school – or this is a three-coach school at this point because – Obviously, you had Art Bryles that had a run of success. You had Matt Rule come in, who, by the way, I think is going to kill it at Nebraska. Um, and then, obviously, you got Aranda in there as well. You got three different coaches where you have three top 12 finishes. On top of what you're doing in basketball, that is a nice little program right there. And I don't mean little in a, a pejorative sense that, that that's gone on there. And let me ask you this especially in the football sense, how did you, how has Baylor been able to do that? Because again, it's not like Waco is over flooding with talent right there. How has Baylor been able to do that with football? I mean, I mean, Waco is, you know, hundred miles from Dallas, hundred miles from Austin, uh, 180 miles or so from Houston. And it's just far enough away from home for kids that want to play there. And also just the evaluation, you know, Baylor holds, you know, four to five camps every year on campus. um, And you have 400 kids at that camp. Right. Uh, d- during the browse era there you could still have satellite camps and we mm-hmm. and we would travel to all those camps there'd be 200 kids in east texas to come in from louisiana there'd be 200 kids in uh in houston or 300 kids in houston so Baylor was building its brand back then and and people know rg3 they know the winning that, that Baylor's done in texas mm-hmm. and in the national landscape and then as aranda has arrived as rules arrived they reached out into louisiana they reached into mississippi and georgia as well and, and found some other talent and you're starting to see that and baylor you know being a private school it is around twenty thousand students now when i was there it was about ten thousand. so from mm-hmm. 1995 to now it's doubled and it is a a very it's a it's a pretty decent school so you're going to get a private education you're going to get that those kind of contacts um you know, outside. I mean, they're, it's really interesting because, you know, with us owning the website, we get to see where the demographics are. Right. And, and it's Houston, Dallas, you know, Austin, Waco. That's where your your biggest alumni bases are. So you get those people in, and so they just hear about it. And then also, the Baylor right now has been reaching out to Arizona a little bit and taking mm-hmm. some talent out of there. It's been interesting to watch. Uh, right. Um, and it's- they missed a tight end this year, but he went to Ole Miss. I mean, so that's who they're battling against right now. And it's going to be an interesting uh, time once Texas know you leave and, uh, what, and what the other it, four schools come in. What impresses me, too, about what you're able to do and how this pertains to Arizona is Texas is obviously loaded with talent. I mean, you could make the case that obviously, you know, it's the best uh, state in the country as far as producing football talent. Not really breaking any news right there. But what's impressive to me about it, though, is that you can find so many three-star kids that maybe in another state would be that high-level four-star, would be that mid-level four-star. But there is such a gargantuan amount of talent there in Texas that if you have an eye for recruiting, you can figure it out. And again, my my mom was born and raised in Nebraska, so I've kept a pretty close eye on Matt Rule. And Matt Rule has talked about Texas, and he's brought in a couple four-star kids already in this class. And he said, listen, he said, when you're dealing with a state like Texas, there's going to be a couple hundred 
100 kids at least each year that are going to be power that can be power five contributors. It's not just the five star kids. you got to be able to trust your scouting department because he said that Texas is Texas is where it's at. And I'm excited to see what Arizona can do there, because obviously Baylor's been able to uh, operate off that template because there is a ton of talent there in Texas. I mean, even in basketball. I mean, yeah. go look at go look at what Baylor has done with basketball with the kids. I mean, just with Keontae George being a first round pick out of Louisville, even though he went to, mm-hmm. you know, went off to a prep school, there is a ton of talent in basketball, football, and twenty, you know, twenty four, twenty five million people in Texas now are going to be growing to the thirty million range. You know, by 2030, 2031, there are a ton of families moving in as well. It's really interesting where I live. Uh, the high school team has four kids that are, all have high D1 offers on the O-line. Right. And, and you know, they spent $45 million on the, on the football stadium. So that's I can see it from my house. And so when I go into the second story of my house and look out, I can look over and see the stadium. I hear it at night, you know, when they're practicing. And that's not slowing down in Texas. You know, football is a religion here. Everyone mm-hmm. loves it. And uh, it's, you know, you can really throw a rock and hit a kid that's, you know, 5'11 to 6'1 or running a 4'5. It's, right. It, it right. is what it is. And um, the competition nature of Texas, uh, of people in Texas, you know, with track as well. So you get a lot of kids that run track and want to talk about it. So you see the true speed out there with those kids. And it's a, similar to Florida in that way. Right. All right. Let's talk a little bit of basketball here and what they've been able to do, because. Um, all right. Jacob Franklin, our esteemed producer, wants me to get two reads out of the way right here. we got to pay the bills here first. All right. Bet MGM. Now, if you wanted to bet on sustained success in the Big 12, you might want to go with Scott Drew. Jason Shear might disagree. Actually, he would agree right now. Scott Drew, and we're going to talk about the template because Scott Drew actually had a Tucsonan run in the point guard position a couple years ago in Leicester Medford. But Mm -hmm. sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet and receive up to 1,000 back in bonus bets. Check out the show notes for full details. Keep in mind, I will say that uh, I think Arizona's going to get over five wins this year. We told you last year take the over two and a half. We have different expectations over here when it comes to football. So take the over on that. Let's hear Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. All right, and then one more right here, uh, and then Jacob Jacob Franklin needs one more right here. Our esteemed six foot nine producer back there. All right, wink. Here's the deal: a seltzer with a wink of THC. Get it? All right, available in either two point five milligrams or five milligram cans. You can find Wink W Y N K right here in Arizona. Look for Wink at all Sunday Goods dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica dispensary in Tucson. They're now in twelve states nationwide, and even recently launched online ordering and home delivery to about a, uh, with about a dozen others. To find the fastest way to get your hands on one, check drinkwink.com. Okay. 
Scott Drew. And again, what's fun about Scott Drew is that uh, Sheer and I have had this ongoing debate for about 15 years with Scott Drew. I thought I'd settled a couple years, well, about 15 years ago when he made two Elite Eights in three years, but I guess it didn't. Um, what you're able to do at Baylor, though, is you're able, Scott Drew has a template in play right there. And it's an interesting template because a lot of times you'll get the junior college transfer guards, which you rely on. Again, our guy Lester Medford, Kenny Cherry. Um, you can go even recently with James Akinjo from Arizona. You can yep. get the five-star kid in there like the Quincy Millers of the world. But then there's always the Rico Gathers, the Quincy Aces, guys like that. There is a real template there to win at Baylor. And that's why I think it's been so successful and the structure that Scott Drew has been able to go with. Yeah, I agree. It's been something that, you know, we were got up and close with. We did a documentary after the national championship and, and we did a couple things like with, with Scott, you know, to help promote the documentary and just getting to know him a little closer. It was, he is as genuinely, I mean, a great of a guy as you're going to run into. I'm, you know, there was never a day I've ever walked into his office and said, Hey coach, do you mind helping us with this after, you know, going through the right processes right. and him just, I mean, be beaming to ha to help and right. just, just that positive light. He has, um, and I think that's what feeds into his system and, and just why the kids want to play for him so hard. And, and it's always, it's interesting to watch. And, you know, we had a good relationship with Jerome Tang as well, you know, mm -hmm. and he's doing that now at Kansas state and you have Paul Mills at, at Wichita state and you have uh, Grant McCaslin now at Texas tech. I mean, his tree is just feeding out. I think we figure, you know, John Jacobs and, Alvin Brooks will be the next two. Right. And, and once somebody comes in there, which we don't want to see them because see them leave because we really liked them. We didn't want to see coach Tang leave either. Uh, and it's, it's, but they do have a, they have a program and they have a formula, what they look for. And this year, you know, and, and Ashley, who you covered her basketball team for, she's in France with the team right now uh, covering them. And uh, Eve's messy. Oh, right. That kid is going to be legit. And right. so is a, uh, you know, and, and Jacoby Walter, I mean, and they're both freshmen and, and, you know, Missy reclassified. Right. And he's doing things that you don't see a six foot, 11, seven footer do usually. So we are, you know, we sort of have heightened expectations now what this team is going to do compared to thinking, you know, Jaden Nunn coming in and, uh, and, you know, those guys coming in and give them a little bit of experience. So they have the experience and the guys have been hardened by being in, you know, in the tournament. And now this uber athleticism coming in as well behind them. And so we're right. just, All right. uh, it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah, we got the new stadium. For sure, for sure. We got a question here from Andy Bryant for uh, Brian. He says, Brian, compare the collapse of the Big 12 to the collapse of the uh, Southwestern Conference. Do you think that both conferences had uh, too many teams in pro markets? What say you, Brian? I mean, that was uh, my senior year at Baylor. That mm -hmm. was 1995. Right. So we went through it. And we got to see how it was so regionalized in the Southwest Conference at that time that it was very difficult to pay for just that. You didn't have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State or Kansas or K-State in there. It was so many Texas schools. And, you know, I mean, just not right. not happening there. I mean, Rice, SMU, TCU, Baylor, that's four privates. And, and if you've seen or been in, in – Rice has an incredible education but you can count the people at the stadium. Right. Even back then you could count them. SMU be 12,000 people and it'd be 9,000 people from Baylor or so. I'm going to catch some hate from SMU people. I mean, all three fans, but that's, <laughs> that's what it is. 
I still don't believe that SMU fans exist. We had to keep hearing this Pac-12 propaganda about how they can load uh, they can load the stadium. There's all these big donors. I have never met an SMU fan in person. Have you, Brian, in the state of Texas, met a real SMU fan? I know one of the guys that was uh, dis- disassociated mm-hmm. from SMU okay. during the cheating scandal. So I, right. I mean, I do know. And, and, and again, we live here in Dallas. We know right. people, you know, we have, and you have the banner. I mean, just a, a back and forth. And when Baylor played SMU, I think in 13 and SMU actually opened Baylor's new football stadium in 14. Right. So, and when George Bush was there and the governor was there and mm-hmm. everything. And so we have a, it, you know, you have that relationship still from the Southwest conference, but there, there was always the friction of what they did in the 1980s. And, you know, the guy who, got dissociated. He's a great friend of mine. And we talk and he messaged me today asking, you know, what's going on with this ACC stuff. And I was like, I, right. you know, to me, SMU has a great PR department that's able to get their name out in front, but just not happening. And, you know, that's come out recently, you know, that doesn't look like that's going to happen for SMU. And it's, they, they have a solid program. Uh, and I have good friends that, you know, that played there. I have, you know, kids that we covered that, that went there and graduated and have great degrees, but it's just not, it doesn't move the needle in Dallas. They're seventh or eighth uh, in the in the Metroplex. You know, behind the Cowboys, Longhorns, the Aggies. Right. You just start naming down, and then you go, oh, SMU. Right. Um, with Rice is the same thing in Houston. Let, and how, it, what, is, what, it is what it is. Let's talk a little bit about the Big Twelve then and how Arizona fits in because again I think it's a I think it's a very natural fit right here because um, you've obviously got a big fan base here in Tucson you've got not only if uh, and obviously really care about basketball Big Twelve is the best conference in the country when it comes to basketball and in football I'm going to be honest with you I know it's not the SEC but I find the Big Twelve to be an impossibly fascinating conference to watch when it comes to football and I think the newcomers are going to bring a little bit of a, a little bit of a new juju. To to it, but I'm stoked, and I think it's a natural fit for Arizona fans. I agree. I mean, this. I think I think Arizona is actually closer to Texas than LA, right? Or it's right. closer than Washington, right? So it, it, you're going to be able to get across there. I mean, and I'm a little strange on this. I drive, I drive to Vegas once a year mm-hmm. for a conference. I take the drive so I can go out through Arizona and Utah and and hit every national park I can. Right. And um, so to me, I think. Arizona fans are going to have the same experience that way. Sometimes driving into tech or driving into Waco or driving in, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a day and a half. It's not that terrible. It's uh, you know, there's some lonely places across New Mexico, but it's not like it's, you know, you still get the beauty of the, of the red, of the red desert. And, um, but yeah, I do think it is. And we've been talking about this is, I mean, TCU beat the champion Mm -hmm. of the big 10 last year. Right. Baylor, you know, won the Sugar Bowl the year before. Oklahoma State won the won the Fiesta Bowl the year before. Right. And everybody goes, well, you know, Texas know you leaving. Well, Texas know you haven't represented the Big Twelve in the Big Twelve Championship in the past two years. Right. Texas hasn't been there, you know, since eighteen, I believe it was. And right. OU was there in in twenty during the COVID season, and in nineteen when Baylor played and lost to OU. So, the power transition in the big 12 has started to happen a little bit during that time. You add in Arizona, Arizona state, uh, you know, in Colorado rebuilding, uh, Utah is a, is a great program. We'll Baylor will play them on the 9th of September. So you're going to see that. Uh, and then you bring in the Cincinnati who's had, you know, the CFC was in the, playoffs. was in the playoffs a few years ago. Correct. 
UCF, you know, their 2017 I think title. Houston, I think Houston's got a lot of upward mobility there as well. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about there in the future for sure. Yeah, um, BYU is. I mean, has been you know considered a power five, even though they're independent. So they're going to bring they bring a ton of fans and a ton of excitement. And last year in Provo, we had a great time. Right. Except sure. for the outcome of the game, if you're a Baylor fan. Right. So right. it was, it's great to see that, and you're it's not really going to be something that um, a step down. I don't really see it as a step down outside of money from the Big Ten. No, for sure. I, and I just I think I speak for a lot of Arizona fans. We are incredibly excited to be here. And uh, Brian Etheridge from Sikkim365.com. Brian, again, really appreciate your time, my guy, giving us a little bit of knowledge on what we're going to be walking into in a year. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on. All right. He's Brian Etheridge. Thanks again, my guy. Appreciate you. All right. Now, we're going to talk a lot about – we've got to talk a lot of U of A football right here. We're going to go position by position right here and talk about uh, and talk about everything that's going on with Arizona. But first, got to pay a few of the bills right here. And uh, let's see, where do we want to bill? What bills should we pay here first? And I am going to go with Shady Rays. All right. Now, you might look at me and you might say, Mike Luke, not a cool dude. You'd be right. Shady Rays, though, has me covered, and it makes me look cooler than I ever should look. All right, so check it out. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code word PHNX for 50% off two players of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And there's no other time to become a PHNX diehard. All right, now you might say, Mike, what does that entail? Well, thanks for asking right there. The first thing is become a diehard today. Check out phnxlocker.com to grab your membership to receive exclusive content, discounts on all events and merch and access to our Discord chats. It's a ton of fun. There is a, this is the place you want to be. All right. Now, we're going to go position by position right here with Arizona football. We got to talk a lot about what's going on first at the quarterback position right here. Um Two observations here. Uh, Jaden Delora, Rich Carrillo's guy, has been um, he's been kind of an improved version of last year. He's been good. Um, he's been very good, but it's been kind of an up and down type uh, roller coaster for him. Some picks, you know, some of uh, some mistakes, but he's also capable, obviously, of some really big things out there. Noah Fafita, my guy. Huge on Noah Fafita. I believe Noah Fafita is going to be the starting quarterback at the U of A next year. He's been very solid. Everything you want from him, he has been able to give. Um, again, I think that's your QB of the future, and I think Arizona fans should be very excited about that uh, quarterback of the future right there. I don't care how tall he is. I think he's a little bit different. All right, now, looking at the running backs, this is going to be one of the strengths of the team. Now, I know that you got Michael. Michael Wiley is not going to do a ton in camp because he's already kind of proven himself. Texas native Michael Wiley, by the way. But after that, obviously, Jonah Coleman is a horse. Then it's going to be here. I'm going to be interested to see how they put in DJ Williams, because, again, when you watch DJ Williams on the practice field, he's clearly the most talented of the three backs. It's just you don't know exactly where he fits in there because Michael Wiley is going to be that bell cow. And not only that, you've also got in Jonah Coleman, a dude who's younger, who could be the, a running back in the future. I don't know exactly where DJ fits in, but DJ is uh, obviously a, a menace out there, and I think you're going to have to get him some carries. Now, 
when it comes to a wide receiver then this is the strength of the team everybody out there for all your big 12 fans like making fun of arizona or uh arizona over the years but here's the deal Arizona's got about as good a receiving core as there is in the country. Uh, first one is Jacob Cowling. Now, many of you might know Jacob Cowling from his time at uh, UTSA, where he put up some very big numbers, came to the U of A, last year caught for over 1,000 yards. He's back for another year. He's been fantastic in practice, and they've talked uh, nonstop about the extra bulk that he's added, a little bit of the extra padding, and I think you're going to see that really uh, materialize into some a big season. I don't know what kind of pro prospect he is, but I do believe that he's going to be a pretty good pro. I do believe he will be an NFL player. He is decidedly bigger than he was last year at this time. And that's to be expected. Obviously, Arizona's got a great strength and conditioning coach in, um, excuse me, in uh, uh, Tyler Owens, who's done a very nice job with him. Now, T-Mac, what more do you need to say? You watch T-Mac, he makes a ridiculous catch every single day in practice. If he was to become the best wide receiver in the conference, I don't think that that would really surprise anybody. As a matter of fact, I kind of expect him to be the best wide receiver in the conference or at least in that area right there. Um, He's definitely faster. He's notably faster than he was uh, at this time last year, and he's a lot more comfortable. Um, One player that stuck out a lot we've talked about is uh, Montana Lamonius Craig. You understand now why he was a highly rated kid coming out of high school. He has been absolutely fantastic. That three-headed receiving core right there is about as good as it gets in the country, and I think it stacks up favorably with about anybody. That's how good that that's how good they have been. Then AJ Jones. Now, for people that uh, forget, AJ Jones was is the tallest wide receiver on the team coming in at about six foot six ex UCLA decommit very fast. He's had a little bit of an issue putting things together, but he's been able to put things together. At least this camp, he had a really, really nice catch the other day and you could see him on the field there as well. Jed fish has talked multiple times about how he wants to have multiple guys out there on the field at wide receiver, not just the three that they did last year at this point. Then at tight end, um, Tanner McLaughlin's a beast. Tanner McLaughlin is the epitome of Jed Fish's ability to be able to scout and find different places that are or different uh, avenues to find players. And Tanner McLaughlin has been that guy. Now, a lot of uh, he's kind of one of the proven guys. So you, you're not really expecting to see a ton out of him in camp. He's obviously bigger. But then on top of that, you got Kean Burnett as well, who is a lot bigger. If you're looking at players that are notably bigger than last year, Kean Burnett is that dude. And not only is Kean Burnett that guy, Kean Burnett um, probably has about as good an upside as there is out of any of the pass catchers there if you factor in the tight end position as well. But everybody there, the skill position players for Arizona are about as good as it gets at this point, um, at least in U of A history. You probably have to go back to about 1998, 99 for uh, – forward to be able to find something of that uh, of that ilk right there now by the way uh, brad rich says the upcoming 24 big 12 schedule uh, football schedule scares me way more than the ba- uh, big 12 of schedule will be uh, basketball i agree with you i think big 12 football is underrated that's why we're excited to uh that's why we're excited to see this one transform right here um and the o-line we talked about it yesterday but the offensive line um it's kind of like the receiver unit. It doesn't have the depth, but you've got a lot of pros on this offensive line. And there's not been a, there 
it's been a long time since I've been able to look at uh, Arizona offensive line and say, there's a pro, there's a pro, there's a pro, there's a pro. And that's what you got right now. You've got Jordan Morgan, obviously. He's an NFL player. He looks good. He looks ready to rock and roll. Um, I expect him to be 100% here in 24 days or whenever it is. Then, on top of that, Jonas Sabanea, I believe, obviously is the best NFL prospect on the team. He's playing tackle. I expect him to excel at tackle. And not only do I expect him to excel at tackle, if he were to become the best lineman in the conference, it would not surprise me. I think that he is that good. And not only do I think that he is that good, I think that he has the uh, capability of I think he has the capability of being a top 15 pick. That's how good I think he is. He's an impressive guy for sure. And Robert Polito has come in here. And how many times with Robert Polito um, have we wondered, would he be able to step in and be that guard immediately? And not only has he been able to step in and be that guard immediately, he has, uh, I think he's another guy that's got some NFL ability. He's the biggest dude on the offensive line right now. And when I tell you he's the biggest guy on the offensive line, I mean you, he's the biggest guy on the line. He is massive. And you can obviously, or excuse me, Raymond Polito, I'm sorry, I keep getting mixed up with his pops. But you can obviously, you can see why, he was a guy that was committed to Alabama. He was uh, – he's talented, and he's going to be kind of a road grader at that guard position next to Wendell Moe, another player that, you know, just a great Jed Fish uh, find right there. One thing about Jed Fish is he's able to find players that are under the radar, whether that's Wendell Moe, whether that's Tanner McLaughlin. He's, he has a knack for finding guys that – should probably be higher ranked than they are. And for whatever reason, they fall through the cracks. Jonas Savanea is another one. Jed Fish's ability to be able to look at players and evaluate them is very, very impressive. And not only is it impressive, he's going to be able to uh, really, I think, extrapolate that into Texas as well. Now, at that center position, Josh Baker is solid. Portland Timbers on Wildcat Authority uh, took me to task for downgrading what um for downgrading what uh, uh he's been able to do i like josh baker i think josh baker at that center position is solid i do apologize my bad josh baker on that um but the, the offense should be fantastic the offense it looks every bit the part and not only does it look every bit the part it looks the, like the part where okay um you're going to be able to be uh, you're going to be able to do what you need to do out there to score. I think it's going to be a top four unit in the conference. I just need the defense to not be terrible. A big part of that is Rayshon's. Oh, also, by the way, Rayshon Speedy Luke. We've talked about it, fam. I don't care how it happens. I need fam to catch the ball eight time, eight to ten times per game and. I think good things will happen. He's a he's a player that you bring in. You have that kind of reasoning for a reason. All right, now let's move over to the defense because keep in mind with the defense, like we just like we've been talking about, I just need the defense to be. Uh, I just need the defense to be okay. And by okay, if you're the eighth best defense in the conference, that would be a huge win right there. So let's talk about it first. The defensive line and Brennan Carroll mentioned this before. The defensive line is significantly bigger across the board, whether you're looking at Manoa, Uyagalele, uh, Upshaw, 
I mean, heck, even our guy Deuce Davis, these guys are much, much bigger along that offensive line. And not only are they much bigger, or excuse me, that defensive line, they're going to be able to take up some blocks. They're going to be able to be a little bit of a road grader, for lack of a better term right there. Um, And I think they're going to be able to take up uh, some blocks that they weren't last year. Because, again, last year's team was bigger, but it still wasn't a great and how do I put this? It still wasn't a, a unit that I think a lot of a lot of folks would uh, say was uh, dynamic. And I'm not saying this is going to be dynamic, but I do believe that you can probably replace Hunter Eccles uh, production there with a, a Taylor Upshaw. And after that, you just need your big guys to take up some blocks because you've got some linebackers that are that are pretty good back there. Obviously, Jacob Mono, you can make a case, is the best defensive player on the team. And he's shown absolutely nothing to dissuade, I think, any of uh, anybody from that point of view. Um, I think he's got a very much of a Marcus Bell-type feel to it. And when I tell you a Marcus Bell-type feel, that is a big compliment right there because Marcus Bell was uh, one of the best linebackers to come through here. But Jacob Manu, again, he's another guy who is indicative of the Jed Fish recruiting approach where he doesn't always uh, rely on the highest-rated players. He goes for a knack. He goes for players that have the ability to swarm to the ball and can play football. And Jacob Manu, I think, has already been one of Jed Fish's best recruiting gets right there. Got to give him a big tip of the cap. Now, Justin Flo, um, it's kind of hit or miss with Justin Flo. He's a he's a, good, a very he's a good linebacker, and a buddy of mine said that if he was in 1992, 93, uh, he'd be a all, he'd be a uh, uh, an All American. But the passing game is not something that he is great at, and it's kind of the reason that I think you're going to see Daniel Haimuli in there because Daniel Haimuli I think is better at uh, he's better at reading everything involved. There's still going to be a place for Justin Flo. I just don't believe that it's going to be. Um, it's kind of that all-conference dynamo that I think a lot of people were hoping. But those are going to kind of be the three linebackers. We'll see where Leviticus Sua throws in there. And then at the DB position right here, you got a lot of really tall players right there. Now, you might say to yourself, Mike, could you come up with a nickname? Well, the one nickname I would come with is the Four Peaks. Now, Four Peaks is the official brew of PHNX Sports. Arizona is going to have some very tall tight ends right there. And not only are they going to have, or excuse me, uh, cornerbacks, and not only are they going to be very tall, they are good. But just like Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports, check it out. Check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest on Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. Now, again, Four Peaks is, as you know, the official brew of PHNX Sports. It is good stuff right there. Um, now, uh, let's see here. Yavapai Duke said, Manu is not on the board. Tell Jed observed him in person. That is 100% true right there. And uh, I think that is the difference. Jed Fish gets it. He is not above uh, letting people uh, – he's not above having uh, um, people out there um, – no, uh, you know, hey, you guys know a little bit more than me. We're still uh, we're working on all of this. That's where I think it's impressive about all of this. Now, uh, but Jed, or excuse me, Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Check it out right there. At the cornerback positions, though, Ephesians, Ephesians, Prysock, and Takario Davis. I think you're going to be your dudes. Um, 
They're both very long and angular. That is what's impressive about them. They're not, you're not going with the 5'11, the 5'10, the 5'9 guys. You're going with guys who are six foot two, six foot three, and just big dudes out there. And something that you generally haven't seen here at the U of A. A lot of times it's been kind of the smaller guys right there. And not only has it been the smaller guys, it's been players that uh, you know, let's be honest here, they're um uh, just not maybe physically that good. Ephesians Prysock has everything needed to be able to be a, a professional football player. That's how good he is, and he's shown that in camp. I expect him to be one of the best corners in the conference. And Takario Davis, he's still a little stiff in the hips. I hate that term, but it's still he's he's coming around though. Um, and I think he's going to be a good player for Arizona. Then you look at the safety spot; it's it it's good. It's very, very good. Genesis Smith should have been higher rated than he was. Whenever he does hit the field, he is going to be that starting safety for as long as he can be on the field. That's how. That's what he is. He's a big hitter. He's a lot like Adam Hall for Arizona fans out there that uh, maybe remember Adam Hall. Then Isaiah Taylor as well. Isaiah Taylor, Jason Taylor's kid, very, very good. And not only is he very good, he is um, – He's kind of a ball hawk type. Again, another player that was probably a little bit underrated that Jed Fish was able to find right there. And then, obviously, Gunnar Maldonado, um, he's far more limited than the other two. I'd like to see his role maybe decrease just slightly. But the coaching staff likes him a great deal. And between him and Dalton Johnson, uh, Dalton Johnson, um, you know, he's been here now for five years, but he flashes. He flashed in the he flashed in the spring and he flashed in fall. And I think that's where I think a lot of Arizona fans are excited to see what he could possibly do there on the field. But there's again, there's a lot to like about this team. And Jed Fish still gets it. Jed Fish understands that I need to have a better uh, I need to have, you know, I need to have a great offense because, again, Arizona should have a great offense. And then defensively. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be a unit that again I just need to be somewhere around eight something like that. Also, I need Speedy Luke to be returning kicks. I do not buy into the argument that you're too small to return kicks. I believe that you need to be returning kicks, and uh, you bring in a player like that to return kicks for a reason. Okay. As always, really appreciate all of you guys right here talking. Uh, and uh, uh, Brian Etheridge from uh, Baylor365, Sikkim, or uh, Sikkim.com, uh, fantastic. We're going to be back tomorrow with Saul Bookman. We're going to be breaking down Arizona football and Arizona basketball again. We'll talk a little bit of Big 12, but we're going to start transitioning a little bit away from that because the season is coming up here. But I wanted to give everybody there a little bit of a take on just how Arizona has looked in the conference so far, what they've been able to do, because, again, this is a uh, this is a team that. Again, I think we're going bowling and I don't care what anybody says. That's a big that's a, that's a big move right here for Jed Fish and staff. If Jed Fish is able to get Arizona into a bowl game, then in year three, then you're going to have to pay him a lot more money. But appreciate all of your comments right there. Brian Etheridge, appreciate you a ton. We will be back with you tomorrow. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.